Welcome to the Equipers Church Budapest podcast. We hope today's message will encourage and inspire you. For more information, check equiperschurch.au. I love the fact that in the Christmas story, there is the aspect of the wise men coming from the east, the nations coming to worship the king. And this gathering tonight is... You know, people coming from the east and the west and the north and the south. And of course from Budapest, Hungary, coming to celebrate the king, to worship him, to adore him. Um, I just love being in an environment where we worship Jesus together from many different nations where he is celebrated. Amen? Well, um, uh, the title of my message tonight is The Genius of Incarnation. The genius of incarnation. And I'm going to read a well-known scripture from Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. And I just want to encourage you to read this along with me. Uh, This is what it says. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Let's do the second part together. And they will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which means God with us. Uh, The word that I'm using here, incarnation, really means God taking on a body, a human form. Incarnation means that God himself became a man. He took on a body, a physical body. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the greatest miracle occurred. God became a man, a human. See, many times in the history of mankind, men claimed to become gods. Men claimed or aspired uh, to become deity. But only here in Bethlehem, actually the opposite happened. God became a man. He was born. He became God incarnate. Now, we understand that it's uh, full of mystery. It's full of uh, the supernatural, full of the miraculous. It was unthinkable. See, God is three in one. Uh, For all of eternity, God existed as a close union of three persons in one. It's beyond our comprehension. I don't claim to get it. I don't claim to understand this mystery, but God actually is three persons in one. Uh, God has never been a loner. He was never a social weirdo. Three persons together for all of eternity in beautiful harmony. Did you know that God is highly relational? He loves company. In his own existence, he is three in one. It's a mystery. But we also understand that God is all-sufficient. He doesn't need anything or anyone outside of Him to make Him happy. He is fully sufficient in Himself. The triune God, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, existing in this beautiful harmony, that is all He needs. But there was a, uh, a special... Uh, action that God did we read about that in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 when he said God said let us make mankind in our image 
in our likeness so that they may rule. Now this is a huge thing when God three in one declares, let us make a man. See, I love the fact that man's creation was actually motivated by this beautiful relational union and harmony of God. See, the beauty of the creation story is that God actually wanted to extend this circle, this relational circle. And he wanted to invite mankind to be part of this relationship. Uh, I, I, love, I love how the scripture describes it. Uh, let us make mankind in our image. See, God made man to carry his image. To carry his fingerprint. He, he created us to carry his nature. And he also made us uh, capable of this relationship with God. He wanted us to be close. He wanted us to spend time with him. To be related to him. To enjoy his presence. You know the Bible says that God would actually come to the garden. To spend time with Adam in the breeze of the day. God would come just to walk with Adam. Can you imagine Adam having in his daily routine, in his daily agenda, a walk with the Creator in the garden? I would love to have had that experience. His daily walk in the garden with God Himself was the most natural thing to him. And God would show him a new revelation every day. He would show him a new part of the creation every day. And it went on and on and on. Until something horrible happened. We call it sin. When all of that broke suddenly. When we did something totally stupid. The man hurt God. And lost forever the beauty of this relationship. And see, when, when, when that happened, on that day, the rest of the human existence was marked by that. It was an act of rebellion. It was an act of pride and arrogance and disobedience. God calls it sin. By sin, we were expelled from His presence. We were separated from this beautiful, unique Miraculous, intimate union with God. By this act of disobedience, we had to be distanced from God. And then generation after generation, we are born outside of that circle, separated from God. The Bible said that in Adam, we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short. We all miss the mark. We all uh, are deficient. We all are outside of that relational circle. That is our sad state. Now we also have to understand another dimension of the story, which is something we call the holiness of God. See, one of God's attributes, one of His qualities, one of His traits is something we call Holiness, which means that he is absolutely pure. There is no imperfection in God. There is no evil in God. There is no sin in God. He is full of light. He is full of glory. 
Everything within him is pure and clean and holy and glorious. And that which is within him then radiates from him. Now, if you sense a little bit of the presence of God, a little bit of the goodness of God, a little bit of the glory of God, it's actually something that emanates from his core, from his being. But see, his glory, even though it's beautiful, it's also scary a bit. Because nothing sinful, nothing stained can engage the presence of God and live. If we would approach God in our broken state, we would not survive it. God is so incredibly pure and holy that our connection with Him in our broken, sinful state, we would not survive. That's why Adam had to leave the garden. That's why he had to leave the presence of God. But I'm so happy it did not stay that way. See... God had this huge dilemma. Even though I'm not really sure if I can use this word. Because he's all, he's all knowing. He's omniscient. He knows everything. But, but there was a real dilemma. How can a holy God make his presence accessible to broken humanity? How can a man who sinned. Enter into a relationship with God again. Is that possible? After we fell into sin. After we rebelled against God. Is it possible at all to be reconnected with the creator? Is it possible to repair, to fix what was once broken? Or would we be doomed forever? Never again to see the beauty of God. Never again to feel his touch. Never again to hear his voice. Never again to experience his presence. Now, how many of you know the Bible? You are very Christian. Thank you so much. Now, the Bible has two parts. All right. It has the, the Old Testament. And then it has... Then you, you, are, you are not just Christian, very intelligent as well. It has the New Testament as well. Now, in the first part of the Bible, in the Old Testament, we get, it, we get, we, we get an explanation how man was approaching God. See, in many different ways, God made it possible for us to come to Him. For a brief moment, in limited ways. At a cost and from a distance. But still we could come to God. He set apart for himself a special nation. Israel. That actually made a covenant with God. A nation set apart for him. But not just that. They could bring a sacrifice and come to the temple. And this would atone for their sins. It would hide their sins from the presence of God, from the face of God. And this way, he could include them into his circle. Now, some men, some men were invited even closer. Moses, for example, he would go up to the mountain and he would see the glory of God. He would experience God face to face. Some prophets 
from the Old Testament. Uh, they they uh, would hear the voice of God. God would speak to them directly and then they would uh, deliver his messages. I also love how the Old Testament ends. The last verses in the Old Testament say that he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And the hearts of the children, the sons, to their fathers. This is how the Old Testament ends in the Bible. And see, I, I think when Malachi, the prophet, when he wrote this in the last chapter of the Old Testament, he had little idea that in the first chapter of the New Testament, the Father, the Father God, would turn his heart towards his lost children. Anybody happy for this? So in the Old Testament, it was men coming to God. Now get ready. In the New Testament, it's a story about God coming to men. This was his master plan. While in the Old Testament, God made it possible for men to come to him. In the New Covenant, in the New Testament, he would come to us. He would make the giant sacrifice. No more sacrifices on our side. We don't have to bring any sacrifices before God to appease him. God would make the ultimate atonement. Through Jesus, his son. No more hiding our sins before God from his sight. God would come down to dwell among us once again. Now, friends, this master plan must prevent the obvious catastrophe. See, because men cannot... Just die by simply experiencing God in their broken state. If, as I said before, if we would experience God with sin in our nature, we would not sur survive the experience. So the glory and the holiness of God otherwise would simply smite us. But the dilemma is God must become approachable. So what did God do? He came is one of us. He came as one of us. God decided to come as one of us. He disguised himself as a baby. He came as a little child, as one of us. Uh, the Holy Spirit overshadowed a virgin, Mary, and the miracle of incarnation happened. God became a man, a human. Now for us, this is a miracle. For God, it was actually a normal thing. Something he had done before. Remember on the first page of the Bible, uh, it says that when God created the earth, the Holy Spirit was overshadowing, hovering the void. And then God spoke and creation happened. The very same thing is happening now. The Holy Spirit is overshadowing Mary. Now, listen to how a messenger communicates this to Mary. The angel in Luke chapter 1 verse 28 and following. The angel answered 
the Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. This is the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and prepares the atmosphere for the miracle. And now the baby boy will be God incarnate. God himself born in human likeness just like one of us. Listen to how Paul the Apostle describes it in Philippians chapter 2. He says, he being in the very nature in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Friends, I love this mastery of the plan of God. The genius of incarnation was this. God the Son came down to us so He could connect us back to the Father. He took on our broken nature. He became one of us, like Adam, like myself, like you. He suffered like one of us. He even suffered being separated from his father. First time in history. And he did that all for you and for me. Now listen how uh, John describes it in the gospel of John chapter 1. He says, no one has ever seen God. But the one and only son who is himself God. And is in closest relationship with the father has made him known. In other words, we had no idea who God is. But Jesus came to explain the Father. To show the Father to us. To reveal His heart to us. He became one of us so we could actually understand the Father. He, he, he came to interpret the Father to us. Now I'm going to take you back to the Christmas story. Let's go back to the narrative. Now see, um, <clears throat> Mary comes to her fiancé, Joseph. And she's like, Joseph, I have big news. Last night an angel came to me. And I'm pregnant now. And he's like, you're what? And he says, not only that, but actually I will give birth to a child of God, to the Messiah. Now, if you were Joseph, you would be quite hesitant. You would be quite confused. And I'm sure Joseph was quite hesitant and confused and concerned. So he hesitates and he wants to let Mary go. Now the angel comes to Joseph. And this is what he tells him. He's like, hey, Joseph, it's all right. God has a special plan for you and for Mary. Do not hesitate to take Mary as your wife. Because she will give birth, I'm paraphrased, to a boy. And he will be the Savior, the Son of God. And he says in Matthew 1.23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him 
Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, see, do you see the full circle? It's God who wanted to include us into his inner circle, relational circle. We broke that circle by our sin. We could not just reconnect with God because otherwise, if we did that, we would be confronted with his glory, with his holiness, with his purity. But then God did the miraculous. Being so incredible, he came as one of us. This is the genius of incarnation. God with us. Can you say this with me, church? God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. When Jesus came, he did not just come to make your life better. He actually, took, he actually came to fix what was broken and to connect you back to God. Now, friends... The presence of God is accessible to the lost mankind once again. We can now have a relationship with the living God once again. You can now have a relationship with God once again. This is the most incredible message we will ever hear. This is the Bible in 20 minutes. And this is the greatest invitation we will ever get. We can now have the relationship with God once again. Why? Because God is with us. Because Jesus came in human form as God incarnate to reconnect us back to the Father. And how can we do that? By grace, which means it's all done by Him. He did it all. He came to us. And by faith, simply by believing in Him, by making a decision, a faith-filled decision to follow Him. I'm going to close with the most famous scripture in the Bible, John 3.16. I wonder if we could all stand and read this together. For God so loved... Let's read this together. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now friends, tonight because of Jesus, because of the genius of incarnation, we are able to connect back to God. And as we will pray now at the end of this service, Christmas 2022 could be your Christmas. I want to give you the greatest invitation you will ever get. <laughs> and it's not because I'm giving it to you. It's because of who are you being invited to. And the, there's actually two invitations. I'm going to make it two invitations. The first one is, maybe you are in the category of the people in the house tonight that used to enjoy the beauty of relationship with God. But somehow you have drifted away. Something happened in your life and your connection with God was disturbed. <laughs> 
it was disconnected it was broken maybe you got offended maybe somebody hurt you maybe somebody disappointed you maybe you felt abandoned by God and you drifted away God is calling you back to restore what was broken he's calling you back to him and the second invitation is there's probably people in the house tonight that have never yet made a personal decision, a personal confession of faith, a personal um, decision to follow Jesus, to make Jesus who came back then as a little baby, son of God, your own savior. Yes, he's a savior of the world, but you haven't made him your own savior but tonight he's in the house by his holy spirit he is here and he's inviting you to do that so we will pray in just a moment i'm gonna uh, in just a moment i'm gonna ask you to raise your hand if you want to respond if you want to make jesus your savior tonight if you want to connect with him tonight or maybe you have drifted away, but you want to come back to Him tonight. It is all made possible because Jesus was born that day, that night in Bethlehem as a Son of God. So if you are in this place and you're saying, Pastor, I, I, want, to, I want to connect back. I want to reconnect to Jesus. I want to come back to Jesus. I want to, I want to give Him my life. I want to invite Him into my heart. In just a minute, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and just with all of your heart, with full faith, to approach Him and to say, say this with me, that I'm coming back. So just for a moment, let's keep our eyes closed and let's keep our hearts open. <laughs> keep your eyes closed and your hearts open. And if you want to respond, if you want to say, yes, I'm ready, I want to, I want to invite Jesus into my life, whether for the first time or I want to come back, would you just for a moment slip your hand, raise your hand just for a moment so I could see it. Amen. I see your hand, yes. I see some of you responding, coming back to Jesus tonight. Anybody else in the house? You're like, Lord, it's me. I need you tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just going to wait for another few seconds. If you feel the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, it's your night, friend. Don't hesitate. I did it when I was nine years old, <laughs> many years ago. And Jesus turned my life upside down. And I have never regretted that decision. This is your night. Come on. Yes. Let's pray this together, church. Dear Jesus, thank you for coming down. Thank you for paying the price. Thank you for making it possible for me to connect to God. Tonight I repent of my sins. Let's say this out loud. Tonight I repent of my sins. Tonight I put my trust in you. I believe that you died. I believe that you rose again.
Make me one of your sons and daughters. I accept you into my life as my Savior, as my Savior, and as my Lord. And I want to follow you for the rest of my life. And I pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Friends, let's just spend a few more seconds to just make it personal. Just talk to Him. Just declare your faith and ask Him to fill you tonight. Yes, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. We ask you right now, Lord, that you will touch these precious people tonight. Father, we pray for a supernatural outpouring of your grace in the house tonight. Lord, I thank you for your sons and daughters right now. They are coming back. And we pray, fill them with your grace. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. Fill them with your presence, Lord. Thank you for the miracle in their own lives. The miracle of new life. The miracle of fresh passion and fresh fire. Yes, Lord. Yes. Let's just, as we pray a little bit, just, I want to just invite you to just stretch your hands to Jesus tonight. Yeah, just, just raise your hand if that is okay for you. Yes. Let's just pray. Come on, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Move in our midst tonight. Move in our midst tonight, Lord. We invite you, Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And tonight, in the name of Jesus, um, we declare that He is the Lord in our lives. And in Jesus' name, we take authority over any attack of the enemy. We take authority over any plans, any strategy, any tactics of the enemy, of Satan. We, we take authority over any, uh, any bondage um, in our lives, any stronghold in our lives. We, we come against any curse, anything, anything that the enemy uses, any disease. Any, any sickness in Jesus' name. And we declare uh, in Jesus' name freedom and healing and deliverance and hope and a future in our lives through the power of Jesus, through the power of God coming down, through the power of Emmanuel. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Jill, just receive that tonight. Let's just receive that tonight. Lord, we declare power, victory tonight in this house and joy and celebration, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God.